Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, much like a certain character Bill Murray played, he seems to be repeating every day over and over and over again. Except instead of uh, Groundhog Day, it's Christmas Day. Welcome, mm. Jacob. <laughs> you still haven't seen that movie? No, I haven't. I, I'm going to have a headache after this. <laughs> Why, thank you. Like you introduce our co-host, a man who has a desire to give a gift to the one he loves. He's willing to give away, willing to sell his prized possession for that, for that one desired gift for his loved one. Welcome, Drew. Okay, then. <laughs> I don't even have a good reference for that. I know what it's referencing. Don't get me wrong. I have no comeback is really what I mean to say. Thank you. How are you doing, Jacob? I it has been it is well like I said before in our pre, in our pre-show we had to uh, delay this recording in a week because I had a loved one uh, suddenly pass away uh, last Tuesday mm-hmm. and uh, thank you so much for those who who prayed those who reached out to me reached out to my family uh, thank you so much that is means the world to me uh, this was very sudden my cousin uh, Mike uh, was in a head-on collision he did not make it. Uh, but I'm very grateful to know that he knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, so I know where he is now. Thank you. Um, so his wake was last Saturday. And uh, so if you would continue to pray, um, uh, lift up thoughts and what have you mm-hmm. to uh, his now widow, my cousin Shannon, and uh, her family and his family as they go through the grieving process. And uh, thank you so much for allowing us to take a break and allow me to go through the process because that was that was kind of hard and plus oddly enough talking with jim my brother who's also uh movie of the week podcast mm-hmm. um he mentioned that two years ago almost to the day uh him and his wife were in a head-on collision going to my going to my parents place and that was kind of traumatizing at the same time so yes so that's why we were did not do a recording on last tuesday Yes. Uh, other than that, it has been a very interesting week. It's been a very interesting. It was a very. It has been a very long two days. Let's say that. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Yes. Despite look, the fact that yesterday was my birthday. Yes, it was. I can believe forgot. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, why? Thank you. <laughs> I'm old enough to know better, but still too young to care. Uh, all right. So my week's gone pretty good. Last week was kind of rough. Uh, there were points during last week that I was uh, very thankful I do not drink alcohol beverages because I was at that point to be like, I need a drink at the end of the day, mm-hmm. how, how rough the week was. Um, but by the grace of God, I don't drink. I never have. Well, I've taken sips of drinks, let's say that, being honest. Um, 
But other than that, uh, I had an amazing weekend. Uh, went to a cookout slash campfire uh, with with a with a real with a dear friend uh, from church and uh, hung out with some family my side and uh, just had a great time. Had a very very heart to heart conversation. Uh, it's one of those conversations where it's uh, honesty is the best policy. Let's say that. Honesty is the best policy when it comes to those situations, and uh, you you learn a lot about people. You learn a lot of people, and uh, it helps relationships grow or what have you. So it's it's very. It was an interesting ride back home that night. Let's just say that I'm not going to get into any details because it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, other than that, it's been a long week of work. Uh, so how's your day, Andrew? Long. Hmm. I don't want to get into it too much. It's just it was one. It it was a very how do I best put this? There was a lot of stress. Okay. With an order today, that's all I'm really going to say for multiple reasons. But when it comes right down to it, it's been an interesting couple weeks on this. Well, this particular one, but that's that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, What have you been watching? Uh, well, besides. These two things. These two things, obviously. Uh, I did watch last week. I did watch, obviously, ever since with recording being re- uh, rescheduled, mm-hmm. I had the chance to watch uh, Christmas Story for the for the second time. Much better viewing from the second. Uh, you can go check out the movie review podcast where we review that movie. Yes. I'm not exactly sure when that episode is going to come out. I think he said he's going to try and get it edited in tomorrow. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's out when it's out. Yeah, so go check that out. And uh, I watched uh, 21 Bridges, uh, starring the late uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, excellent movie. Uh, beautiful script. Just camera, cinematography, acting the chops. Just amazing film. Now, if you do not like excessive violence, ex- uh, language, uh, a lot of very violent gunplay, um, this is the movie not for you. It's rated R. But personally, I really enjoyed it. It had a really in-depth story about um, conspiracy and just an amazing, amazing film. Uh, I loved it to death. It was great. Uh, I think that's the only thing I've watched. Because we didn't watch anything at the uh, Bible study on Sunday. No, we did not. Yeah. It was late night. Uh, that it was. So what did you watch? Have you watched I it? watched uh, along with night. Mm-hmm. I also watched Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Oh. The, uh, I've been going through, going back through the, uh, Showa era Godzilla film. Yeah. And this happens to be the next one in line after Godzilla vs. Mothra, which I believe I talked about mm-hmm. some time back here. I can't list right now, but that's, uh, oh, there it is. Yeah, way back around August, right after, right before we saw Ten. Mm. That's when I saw oh, okay. that, the other one. But uh, I watched, uh, I watched Ghidorah. Okay. Uh, I then went and watched the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode on Samson versus the Vampire Woman. Oh. That's a movie and a half. Let's just say that. <laughs> There's a reason MSC3K covered it. Okay. And then I also watched uh, Stagecoach. Okay. The, uh, it's not the first John Wayne movie. It's one of but the... It's the first one in which he... It, it's the one that actually launched his career. Okay. And it's not even the first time he was a starring role, because technically John Ford, also the director of Stagecoach, mm-hmm. 
uh, had he had uh, had him do the lead in Big Trail. Okay. Which is about the Oregon Trail. Okay. And or a trip on the Oregon Trail. Yeah. And he's in that when he's like super young. Okay. <laughs> like in the twenties. Oh wow! And yeah. And then it's uh, in anyway. Uh, in this one, I, it was the first time I'd actually watched uh, this. I thought it was inter- It was very well done. I thought. Okay. Excellent. And uh, other than that, I've just been watching YouTube. Mm. Yeah, same here. Uh, I do want to give a huge shout out to a, a YouTube channel I love to watch now. Uh, it's called the Overly Sarcastic Production. Uh, they do. It's uh, hosted by two amazing creators, uh, Blue and Red. That's the name they go by, and uh, they do comedy. Ed, almost like a com- comedic education over mm-hmm. lit, uh, liter- literature, 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 <laughs> literature, literature. Thank you, literature. Sometimes I have a hard time pronouncing words. I know, words. I know. <laughs> I I want you to know that when I crack up at your mispronunciations, <laughs> I am not laughing at you. I, I fully understand. I, underst- I may not understand entirely where you're coming from, but I never want to mock you <laughs> in that instance. I'm going to mock you. I'll do it to your face. Okay. <laughs> In your face. Exactly. No, uh, it's just when I, when, when I hear things like that, it tickles something in my brain. It's like, oh, I, yeah. You know how it is. Yes. Yes. I, I, so I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Okay. Completely understand. Uh, so they do literature. They do uh, mythology and they also do history. Mm-hmm. So go check them out. They're an amazing podcast. They have over... 1.6 million viewers. Uh, they've been around for like eight years, and they're just an incredible source of entertainment, laughter, uh, and just very good history. Very good right. history. I, I do disagree with them in some in some regards. Uh, so that they they do kind of glaze over some things and highlight a lot more of the things, but mm-hmm. you know that's history. That's you know people who do history things. Uh, but they're very good. And so just definitely shout out to those guys and, you know, go, go give them some love if you are willing to. Well, while we're still giving YouTube channels a shout out, uh, I do want to give a shout out to Raw Quiz Show, which I have been on for the past couple weeks. Yeah. How's that going? You should go watch it. Okay. Because I don't want to spoil anything, okay. but I am winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really saying much. Yeah. Rub, rub the salt in just a little bit. Well, I mean, Okay. If I reverse it to... Actually, it was this last episode, so I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, let's just say that there are some people who should learn from their past mistakes. Oh. And did not. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha, and, gotcha. And uh, they are no longer in the game. Oh, that's just not good. <laughs> the funny thing Sorry, is, whoever that is. <laughs> well, here's the funny part. Uh, Jack Cornwall, who is currently in our chat room, or at least has texted on our chat room yeah. earlier tonight, yeah. he was playing backup for him while yeah. uh, th- this guy was out. Yeah. And uh, he didn't try to make him lose, but he didn't make it hard. Oh, <laughs> ow, ow. That we just... kind of teamed up. Oh, okay. <laughs> All of us teamed up <laughs> oh, no. to teach this guy a lesson that he... You ever seen that SpongeBob SquarePants meme where a bunch of people are uh, walking towards this old guy, and that guy says, "How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man?" <laughs> yep. That's kind of what it was. I totally get it. I to- I do totally get it. Uh, but go watch that, especially you should go watch all four episodes that are out, mm. including the one where we all got mad at the host. Oh, um, too funny. Which was MCU related, by the way. Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. Fairly well on that, but you know, I don't want to spoil what actually happened. Yeah, 
I, I do have to say one thing before we continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, with I am editing a secret project, secret project for the uh, for the podcast, which will be revealed in about a month and a half. Yeah, about a month and a half. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it might be connected to a thing we're doing currently. Yes, that's all we're gonna say. Yeah, all we're gonna say. Uh, while doing the editing process, process, I am about three episodes away from being completed, which I'm just like of, thank of what we've recorded of what we've recorded. Which I yes. don't think you got any of the season two episodes. No, I haven't. I haven't got any of those. And you know where those episodes still are? The bottom one. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> I haven't. Old Betsy. <laughs> I ha- I I'm I still need to move everything from Old Betsy onto the new one. Mm-hmm. Who's I have not named that computer yet. I got you. So so if you want to help me name my brand new computer and not uh, the thing that gives Jacob seizures uh, <laughs> <laughs> or distracts me, <laughs> that that too. Trying to keep the epilepsy away. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, if I didn't think I could get away with crap like that, I wouldn't say it. No, you wouldn't. It's totally understandable. Uh, believe me, I, I've I've heard worse. I've heard worse, and it was more. It, it was it was coming from a place of of love, but more be like I am going to just rue you and just you know make 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 this very funny for everybody else and just like okay, it <laughs> um, very much happens all the it, time. It does. It happens a lot. Um, uh, so going back to the, uh, the episode, which I was reviewing and, oh my gosh, I, I like earlier, I get tongue tied on a word mm-hmm. and it just snowballs be like, you need to try to help me pronounce the word at one point and you be like, go through the, like, you know, this, this, okay. I go to say it. I can't say it. And we are just I busting think I out remember this. Yes. It is so much fun. It's so it, much it fun. It was six months ago, but I think yeah, I it was, remember It was this. six months ago. But, uh, yeah, that was hysterical. Uh, I hope when this series does come around, uh, I hope to, uh, give that blessing to you guys yes. in a, in a, like a bonus episode or what have you. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that because that's going to be really, really fun. Indeed. Yes. So, yeah, that's all I've got. Well, then we should be looking at our smorgasbord of oh, news. Yes, we should. Good oh, night. My Thank gosh. you, Disney, last Thursday. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, before we, we get into the smorgasbord, I'm going to drop. Yes. I'm going to go into one little bit of news. Is this the thing I posted? No, I don't believe so. Okay. You may have, may not. All right, so G kids, the uh, no, this isn't <laughs> no the accomplished distribution of uh, fantastic anime, anime that's come out in the past couple of years, among a bunch of other things, and a bunch of other things, uh, has just announced the voice cast for the upcoming English language dub for the legendary animated house Studio Ghibli's latest feature, Earwig and the Witch. Ah, am I am I pronouncing that word? You did. I still don't know why you would name anything Earwig. Yeah an odd name it's british That's that, that is true that is true uh i'm related i i'm i have british in me and i don't understand same it. here same here uh so yes the the cast of the english dub has been announced uh i will after this what the stream i will post those down in the facebook group okay so just let everybody read read those so that you don't have to try and figure out how to pronounce a lot of those names exactly <laughs> oh because it's all in japanese no, it's English. Oh, it's English, the English class. No, the English class. The English class. <laughs> All right, so getting into the smorgasbord. Well, before you get into the smorgasbord, All right, what do, I'm going to start off on one that I am extremely excited about. Okay. 
for sil- for reasons that I'm sure no one will understand. But anyway, <laughs> last year, okay, we reviewed the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. Oh, yes. Do you remember one of my dislikes for the Muppet Christmas Carol? Not off the top of my head. No. One of my dislikes is that the theatrical cut, which is the version we had, yes, has a song cut out. That's right. By yeah. our favorite oh. president of Disney, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Well, certainly he wasn't the president. He was the president over the animation department. Exactly. And but at this point, he had apparently gotten some, gotten a little higher because, uh, can't think of Jim Henson's son's, he directed the movie. Mm. Jim Henson's son, who had directed Muppet Christmas Carol, yes. uh, had, had this song in there because he felt it was very important. But Katzenberger said, well, it's a little slow. It's a little too adult for the kids. Oh, gosh. Uh, you don't have to take it out, but have you really thought if this really needs to be there? Yeah. And I believe Henson's quote was, well, I do, but I get the feeling you really want me to take it out, so I guess I will. He didn't say that specifically right. to Katzenberger, yeah. but that was the thought he gave in a recent interview about the 4K uh, rele- 4K Blu-ray release yeah. next year. Because this was the announcement this year yeah. of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Nice. A, that is excitement enough for me. Okay. Here's the big one. Okay. That scene was thought to be lost in, in at the original widescreen. Really? All we had was the uh, TV cut. Because mm. they included it in the VHS and TV cut, and that, as that was part of the deal. Yeah. So we didn't know we had it until they went to do the restor- restoration on it for the 4K. Yeah. And they have the whole scene, and it's going to be in the cut, the, the actual movie this time. Wow! <laughs> now I, I, I want to explain why this song is so important. Why why I think it's so important to the okay. movie. Two reasons: the last song, the the song you know the movie ends on. Yeah, the love we found. Yeah, is meant to be a mirror of this original song, the love when love is gone. Yeah. Because it's, you know, when Love is Gone is being sung by Belle, Scrooge's uh, girlfriend, as she's leaving him because he won't step up and take care of his, and and ask her to marry him. Yeah. And she's just like, I just don't care anymore. I'm leaving. I'm going to go find happier times elsewhere. Mm. And they sing this this song. And the best part is, of course, you got old Scrooge played by Michael Caine. Yeah. And young Scrooge played by some guy. I don't remember his name. Right. My pardons. Uh, <laughs> and young Scrooge is kind of just not reacting. Okay. But old Scrooge, you can see his heart breaking as he sees Belle leave. Mm. And it's and when you watch the TV cut. And so you've got that reason, like, it's there. And it makes no sense that, you know, we ha- while, you, while the reprise is, the, is there, it's obviously looking back towards something, even though you don't know what it is. Okay. Until you get to the end credits, when you know how back in this time they would always play a pop music version of the love ballad during yeah. the credits, like uh, somewhere out there in Five Old in American, yeah. American Tale, yeah, things like that. They do that here too, but the thing is, the love ballad is when love is gone because it's not really a love ballad anywhere else in the thing. Yeah, and it's about when love is ending, which is kind of the strange thing. This is the song they play at the end of it, really, which is weird. Agreed. Especially since it's not anywhere else in the movie. Agreed. And it's about how horrible love, uh, what life is like when your love is lost. Yeah. It's like, this is a weird thing to end on. It's still a weird thing to end on, even if this is in there. Yeah. But it's weird that it's there. It's like, 
uh, okay. That's a thing. Okay. But I'm so, 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 so glad we're going to finally get the, this in the theatrical widescreen. So if you prefer the cut version, I'm sorry, save your current Blu-ray. I'm happy for this version. <laughs> well, I can't guarantee you the original theatrical cut will be preserved. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I remember I remember you talking about it. You just geeking out. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, I understand. Be like, that movie is a cherish for you. I completely understand right. it. It's, it's one of those things where, you know how sometimes you'll watch a movie and you think, oh, this is good. And then you watch another version that's, or you watch a deleted scene and you're sitting there going, why was this cut? Exactly. This should be in the movie. I don't care if it slows down. I don't care if test audiences hate it. Who yeah. cares if the kids fall asleep? This should be in the movie. <laughs> and also the, the idea that like that era would be, it's a, it's a cat Katzenberg cut because mm-hmm. he did the exact same thing to the black cauldron. We are going to have to do that. So we can finally get that out of your system. If nothing else. Yes. Which, Plus, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting film, let's say that. And there's about, I think, 30, uh, roughly about 25 minutes of the film that has been cut. And a, a lot of it has been lost to history. Because Katzenberg demanded that 20 minutes of this film be cut because it was so violent, so just offensive in a lot of ways. Right. That he did, literally went into the cutting room floor and cut it himself. Granted, this is a man who's used to running productions, not editing. Yeah. So anyway, yes. Anyways, we have. Yeah. A, 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 anyways, but, two happier news. Yes, we have a metric butt ton. Yes. of news. Even though the metric butt ton of news that came out is not all for us, mm-hmm. but we do have a couple things. Yes, we that's do. In the, uh, that was in the Disney investor meeting from a yes. couple days ago. All right. So the Walt Disney Company held its 20, 2020 Investors Day, Investors Day on Tuesday, which would be, I don't remember the date, but... Um, it be, wasn't it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. On yeah. Thursday, thank you. On Thursday, detailing like the absolute avalanche of new and developing projects across its multi-studio and blockbuster brands over four hours of nonstop announcements. It's almost like they had a lot of stuff planned for this year, but a certain strange occurrence that none of, no one could have accounted for... Screwed everything up. Thanks, COVID. All right, so here are a few. Now, if you want the full list, I will put that down in the mm-hmm. the Facebook group uh, later on. So we are starting off with Ray Raya and the Last Dragon is confirmed for a day a, a date uh, a day and date release on Disney Plus and in theaters March twenty twenty one. Luckily, following Mulan's premiere access model they have said raya and last dragon is using the premiere access on plus yes thankfully unlike with mulan this we're is... not all forced into it yeah if we exactly. want to watch it the weekend of exactly i will be seeing it in the movie theater you can't stop me yeah or at least unless the covid hits us here stronger than i think it will yeah more than likely you will not stop me yeah i sure i know of at least one movie theater that will most likely be open hmm I don't think they closed. Mm, okay. All right. So a teaser was revealed for the studio's fall 2021 original feature, uh, Encanto. A film will, uh, the film will take an audience to Colombia to meet a magical family living in a magical home. Bryce Howard and Jared Bush of Oscar winning Zootopia and director of the pick, which is 
So basically, it's being held by a bunch of really, really good people. Mm-hmm. So the the teaser is out. You can go check it out. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, so in more live action hybrid news, which is kind of a hit and miss for everybody apparently. If you're an animation nerd like us, we are. Well, we include them, but we have a we have a limit on how, at what point the animation becomes the point or mm-hmm. it becomes a special effect. Agree. Agreed. And we kind of judge whether we hit that every time we do a movie, so we know we don't know what the line actually is. Alright. So... Uh, we just know Avengers and all that kind of stuff is on the other side. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. Either way. Either way. So, there was a little show back in the 90s that was kind of a big hit called Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Mm-hmm. Like, huge. Uh, yeah. I watched it. Yes. Along with the show that's over here. Exactly. Duck. Original toy. Just saying. Yes. Uh, so apparently they are doing a live action hybrid of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which was announced earlier on. They just released the the voice cast, uh, which includes John Milden and Andy Serbrin. I'm probably mispronouncing those names, but you can check them out later. All right, uh, so we have two new two um, animated movies coming from Pixar, or this TV show, one's a whatever. All right, uh, two uh, two brand new feature films are slated for theaters in 2022, um, which are uh, Turning Red and Lightyear. Uh, let's Lightyear, see. Lightyear, I am very happy. I'm very yes, excited to see. I I am too. I completely agree with you. Um, uh, it's the origin story of uh, mm. Toy Story's heroic Buzz Lightyear. Uh, Chris Evans will, will voice the hero in his journey to becoming the most famous space ranger ever. My understanding on the way this is going to be approached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not Tim Allen's Buzz Lightyear. No. Because Tim Allen's Buzz Lightyear, as we well know, is a toy. Yes. And plus, this would be the... but that His Buzz Lightyear toy is not the one based on the movie mm-hmm. it's based on the tv show yeah that was based on the movie and yeah. we're going to see the movie yes is the way in my understanding of it yes goes. either way it sounds amazing all right so as previously previously announced during uh as previously announced uh the original latin river era come to uh coming of age adventure luca is coming to theaters next summer uh these blood scrubbers can expect uh their Mandalorian addiction. Uh, okay, here we go. All right, this is a good one. This is a good one. All right, so uh, Disney Plus subscribers. So if you are not a subscriber of Disney Plus, jump on this. This is a good time for people. Yeah. So if you are a fan of animation, fan of Star Wars, fan of anything Marvel, Marvel, Disney, what have you, it's ready to jump. Do it. <laughs> I mean, the price did just go up, but yes. Yeah, exactly. We, we are not being sponsored, so if Disney Plus wants to sponsor us, we will not stop you. No, we won't. <laughs> we'll take free. We'll take free Disney Plus. Yeah, we will. And sponsorship. Show, we'll show for free Disney Plus. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, Disney Plus Disney Plus subscribers can expect their Mandalorian addiction. Uh, addiction. I have not watched season two yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Chase. I, I can imagine because I, I I caught a little bit of the conversation on. On a, on a messenger. Yes, yes. It's like, ah, oh, guys, be quiet. <laughs> Just be quiet. Didn't even get the, the no, I didn't. I found pictures that would. I knew he'd understand what I was doing, but, but I, you would be left completely in the dark. Right. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate you're not going to spoil everything for me. No. <laughs> All right. So we are getting two new series. Um, the Rangers of the New Republic, which is supposed to be animated. Mm-hmm. Which I'm looking forward to because that's going into much deeper lore, the Star Wars uh, universe, canon, what have you. Uh, so that looks like fun. And then also, for those who love the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. we are getting a sequel series called Star Wars, The Bad Bunch, The Bad Batch, sorry, yes. The Bad Batch, which, which will air on Disney Plus, I'm thinking 2022 or 21. Well, I think so. All right. So, and then we get a certain little, I don't know, a certain book company about 10, 20 something years, 10 something years ago, sort of. A movie studio, I think it was, mm-hmm. called Marvel Studios. Yes. So and their animated feature, what if? Yeah, what if? Oh, oh my gosh! My, we talked about this when they announced it almost this time last year. Yeah, and oh. I talked about how excited I was for this show. Yes, just by itself because that is a very cool concept. Yes, and some of the clips they showed in the trailer for uh-huh. this made me go. Oh, you are going to be good. Oh, yes. Uh, so I mean, at first, there was a part of me that was like, oh, this is going to be like a motion comic, isn't it? For some reason, mm-hmm. I don't know why I was thinking Oh, yeah. That. But then you actually see some of this animation. It's like, no, you're putting real money into this. Let's see it. Come on, yeah. get it out. Chop, chop. <laughs> I want to see it now. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, of course, so- I also want to see the other shows that come before it now. <laughs> uh, so with, with that, you'd be like, I watched the trailer and I literally got emotional because we, we had the segment of uh, T'Challa. They, sh- they showed two segments. One yes. was the, the the one they kind of told us about way back when, which is what if uh, uh, Agent Carter, Carter got the Super Soldier Serum. Yeah. So we saw some of that. And then there was what if Yondu picked up T'Challa instead of <laughs> Peter. Yeah. Quill. Oh, that was so good. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And and then be like you and get. And then there's something with zombie Captain America. Yeah, you get zombie Captain America. You get several other little we, clips here and there. We get to see the Watchers. Yes, we get to see the Watchers too. Yeah, and the 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 scene that got me. I, I just my, my 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 heart stopped for a for a fraction of a second when I when I saw this. Be like it's it's Yondu talking to a much older T'Challa, mm-hmm. and it's voiced by yeah. Because he recorded all those last years. Yes. He, he, um, I, I'm for they recorded all those last year, and we, yeah. and we got Chadwick Boseman. Yes. And one last time. Yeah, one last as time. As T'Challa. T'Challa. I won't Star- say Black Panther because uh, he's on the other side of the galaxy probably in this, but... Yeah, as Star-Lord. And I was like, oh, we'll kind of forever. <laughs> of course, so- that probably means... Uh, they called him Killmonger. Hey, that's his name. Killmonger. Killmonger. He's probably Black Widow. Black Widow. <laughs> Black Widow. Black Panther. Panther now. Oh, boy. We, we know how well, that went on the movie. Maybe it went to, uh, oh, what's the sister's name? T'Challa's sister? Yeah. Maybe. Right went to her. I can't think of her name. Yeah, her, her name is like, she's, she's, the, she's the one who I hope gets the mantle in, in this next one anyway. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I am super excited about those. But I'm not done yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. So uh, I think that's all the news when it comes out of that. Uh, the animation-wise. Animation-wise. Uh-huh. Now, I may be well, missing something. Unless there, there is one. Okay. Bring it up. You did not, it's, it's in the Star Wars stuff. Okay. I believe it's called Visions. 
Oh, yes, that's which right. Which is an anime anthology. That's right. Thank it, you. They Thank are you going to Japan and getting Japanese anime directors to yes. make oh. to make scenes uh, make makes uh, scenes anim- uh, animatrix style. Yes. For Star Wars. Count me, I'm in. I don't even know if I know who half these people are because I doubt me they got Miyazaki. Yeah. I doubt they got oh, him. Oh, you never know. But if we get something like uh, from the people who did, uh, well, of course, the people who do uh, My Hero Academia, yeah, uh, Kill a Kill. Oh, I don't mean the sexy scenes. I yeah. mean the fight <laughs> scenes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean the amazing fight scenes. That's yes. the ones I, I want to see. Jet a Jedi and a Sith fighting like that, please. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so we got we got visions. Obviously, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, one last little bit of news. Uh, so, for anybody who loves anime, who anime loves loves anime, probably knows about the um, the Crunchyroll app. Yes. So just appara- recently got bought by Sony. Yes, they did. So Sony Pictures Entertainment and AT and T Incorporated announced that AT and T has agreed to sell its. Crunchyroll anime business to Funimation Global Company LLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Funimation yeah. is in joint venture with so with between Sony Pictures and Sony Music Entertainment. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, so it, the way that, that that works out is technically it's being owned by Sony. The two different divisions within yeah. Sony, yeah. as a co thing because Sony's owned animation stuff over in Japan, yeah. You would think is is not actually under Sony Pictures. Really, it's under Sony Music Group. Interesting. I don't that know why. Is, that is weird. But the, but their big big thing, uh, their big studio, Anipolex. Yeah. Who you might know from such things as Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. They are owned by Sony Music. Yeah. So in order, I guess, in order to make sure that Funimation gets the stuff a lot easier. Yeah. Especially since they technically made the dubs that they ought they ought to be mm-hmm. using. Uh, they're technically co-owned. Okay. But I want to throw this out there for people who are scared that uh, Crunchyroll is no longer going to be semi-independent. And it's going to start Americanizing all their stuff. We are not getting donuts. We are not getting randomly turning people from blackface into white gazing. They shouldn't be doing that anyway. Yeah. But we're not getting into this weird stuff to try and make it easier for American children to tolerate. Do you want to know why? Why? Because Funimation isn't for kids. I'm sorry. I got into a debate <laughs> earlier this week on another Facebook group. I'm not going to go there. I'm sure they'll find me anyway. But this person was posting tons of stuff. It's like, oh, all this horrible stuff's going to be happening to all our anime because Crunchyroll is the last bastion of subtitled only stuff. It's like, you know what? Have you actually watched a Funimation dub? I'm not saying they're perfect. Yeah. I'm not, but they are probably the ones who are trying the most to be accurate. They're trying, this is getting pretty close too. But, I mean, it's not like we're getting Pokemon. Right. We're not getting the One Piece rap. Yeah. (laughs) We're not getting Ghost Stories. Even though Ghost Stories dub is hilarious. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That's not what we're getting. We're getting probably, all all this is probably going to be is that Crunchyroll will be the subtitle side of it much like it was director it's probably gonna be back during the crunchy like there was during the crunchy roll funimation um partnership yeah back before sony bought funimation yeah it's probably gonna be like that okay for being honest okay 
I got you. So Crunchyroll will handle subbed only. Funimation will have the dub only. All right. You can probably watch both from the same app because I bet you Sony's going to somehow combine them and probably going to be handled by Crunchyroll because let's face it, Sony probably needs its own streaming app at this point. Probably. And PlayStation Store is not doing it. Hmm. All right. So that's all that is in the news. So shall we jump into the spoiler free section of our review of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas? Yep. Yep. Alrighty. So this was my first viewing. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, this is technically like like Fantasia, a selection of shorts in which kind of a interstitial narration is given to kind of connect everything together, even though there is not an overarching story between these three, other than it's Christmas and we should be all be happy. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is kind of a groundhog day christmas kind of a thing yes uh the second one is goofy and max trying to figure out if santa claus exists yes and the third one is mickey and minnie doing gift of the magi yes by o henry uh all three of these shorts i thoroughly enjoyed and the interstitial stuff i liked too uh it's always nice hearing kelsey Grammer's voice on anything uh but yeah the whole thing was fun and enjoyable and if you've never seen it, I do highly suggest going and giving it a watch. Mm-hmm. All right. Your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts. This is my first viewing, like you, like you, my Drew just said. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It had a lot of very tender, touching moments. It was like, oh, wow, they got to that uh, left of, uh, level of emotion. That's really good. And just beautifully animated, wonderful stories. And yeah, it was, it was very heartfelt. And it was very good. So, yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our spoiler-free section. So join us on the other side of the bumper, and we will spoil the heck out of these three Christmas classic shorts. Oh, boy. I almost clicked in the wrong window. Ray. We're wrong. Okay. Miss Progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Uh, Hey, Scoop, what are you doing, man? I don't know, I'm supposed to be reading an ad. <laughs> All right, hold on, give me give me it. Okay. <laughs> All right, this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as... The Christian Geek Central Podcast, the flagship of the Christian Geek Central Network, the CGC Podcast, previously known as the Spirit Played Underground Podcast, is a weekly 30 to 60 minute biblical examination and celebration of geek entertainment and passions. It features reviews, interviews, and conversations about movies, tabletop games, video games, books, comics, TV shows, and a widening variety of other entertainment. Also included is a chapter-by-chapter examination of the Bible and its specific application for geeks. Hosted by Peter Franson of Spirit Blade Productions, the show also features listener-submitted content and segments created by other members of the CGC Network. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Listener discretion is advised. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas was directed by Bradley Raymond for the Donald Duck Stuck on Christmas segment. 
He also directed The Lion King One and a Half, June Falkenstein for A Very Goofy Christmas. He also directed Scooby Doo and Arabian Nights. Bill Spears also for A Very Goofy Christmas uh, directed something called Top Wing. Toby Shelton, who did Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi and the interstitial uh, animations, also directed The Return of Jafar. And uh, Alex Mann, who was the overall director for the project, yeah, uh, I didn't see anything else he directed, uh, but he was in the animation department for Oliver and Company and a Goofy movie. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald, Donald Duck's Stuck on Christmas was written, the, the screenplay was written by Charlie Cohen. It is inspired by the short story Christmas Every Day by William Dean Howells. A Very Goofy Christmas, the screenplay was written by Scott Gordon, Tom Nance, and Carter Crocker. And Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi, the story was by Alex Mann and Ross Hastings. Screenplay by Richard Cray and Temple Matthews. And it is based on the story by O. Henry. Hmm. Which I don't think is what I said earlier, but anyway. Hmm. Uh, The music for all of this was by J. Eric Schmidt. He also wrote the music for Tasmania and the Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. The cast includes Kelsey Grammer as the narrator. And he was, he's most famous for playing Fraser Crane in Cheers and Fraser. And he's also Beast in the X-Men movies. Or at least all the old X-Men movies at this point. Mm -hmm. Before I go any further in the cast list, every Body else in the cast list is in Kingdom Hearts. Surprise, surprise to no one. Exactly. So, I will only be saying who they played in Kingdom Hearts if it's somebody besides what they're playing here. Ah, okay. Just to get that out there. Yeah. Okay, so, starting at the top, Wayne Allwine is Mickey Mouse. He played a pirate in Shining Time Station. Ah. Rusty Taylor was Minnie Mouse, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. She played Pebbles Flintstone in the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. When I saw that, I had to bring that one up. Yes, I completely agree. Tony Anselmo played Donald Duck. And did you know he was the mayor in the real Ghostbusters TV show? No, I didn't. Yeah. Huh. Diane Michelle, who played Daisy Duck, but only in the Gift of the Magi segment, uh, played the President of the United States of America, female voice two, as she was, as the that char- as the President was the player character, and you could customize it and have it be played by different genders. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, in Saints Row 4. Okay. Tress McNeil played Daisy, Chip, and Aunt Gertie, and of course she is known as playing Princess Angelina Contessa Louisa Francesca Banana Banana Fofesca the Third, but you can call her Dot Warner in Animaniacs. <laughs> By the- started off the year with that, I yeah. had to end it. So are you are you actually watching Animaniacs? I have not watched past what we watched what what you what you walked in on me the other night on. Okay, but what I have enjoyed is good. It's just it feels a little. Modern, let's say, and not in the way I would prefer. Not in the, not in the spirit of what. There's some. It's. It was like that in the original, but it's just. It's. 
hitting me different because I you can kind of tell they're writing for adults. Anyway, okay. all right. Alan Young played Uncle Scrooge McDuck. He was Wilbur Post in Mister Ed, and Hiram Flaversham in The Great Mouse Detective. Bill Farmer was Goofy and Pluto. Yuck. And he played Sylvester and Yosemite Sam in Space Jam. You know that actually makes sense. Yeah. Totally hear it. Corey Burton plays Dale. He was Count Dooku in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Who is this again? Corey Burton. Corey Dale. Corey Burton. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. Sean Fleming mm-hmm. played young Max Goof. And he played both Jim and Tim Possible in Kim Possible. Okay. And in Kingdom Hearts, he played Titus. Ha 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 ha! Except this is younger, you know, young Titus in this one. Ha 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 ha! Yeah, there you go. Jim Cummings was Pete, the postmaster, Santa Claus, police, fire chief, dad, and man. He played and, and he played Winnie the Pooh. In Winnie the Pooh, 2011. Ah. Jeff Bennett played Mortimer and Firefighter Number 2. And the store announcer. And man. And customer. And dad. And uh, he was Johnny Bravo in Johnny Bravo. (laughs) Our good buddy Frank Welker was the turkey and Figaro. And uh, he is the voice of the Cave of Wonders in both Aladdin movies, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and Experiment 221 in Kingdom Hearts. Sparky. Ah. Not a fun fight. Mm. Uh, Mae Whitman played Girl. She was Roxy Richter in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, ah. and Yuffie Kisaragi in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Last but not... Oh, no, sorry, not there yet. Uh, Chris Sanders played the London Captain. Ah, he played Stitch in Lilo and Stitch <laughs> and Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and last but not least, Greg Berger played additional voices. <laughs> he was Deckman in Alita Battle Angel Ah, and Eeyore in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, bother. Indeed. So that brings me to the end of the cast list. What do we have, if anything, in info and stuff? All right. So it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you can watch it right now on Disney Plus, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a score of on Rotten Tomatoes of 40, and its audience score is 66. Uh, production company, and I'm going to get this right, Walt Disney Television Animation and Disney Video Premiere. It was distributed by... Walt Disney Home Video. His release date was November 9th, 1999. Now, there's no, like, how much it made in theaters. I don't know if it went to theaters. I don't think it did. I believe this was direct to video. Yeah, I think so. So, I, I couldn't find any, like, real hard data on it. Well, correction? No, I'm actually looking at it right now. Never mind. <laughs> uh, don't you love when you look up and you think, like, oh, yeah, I've got nothing else. Oh, yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Uh, the film was originally released on VHS, you know, that thing way back in the day. Yeah. That, you know, you know, kids used to watch before Blu-ray and digital. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was released back on... when things were on a tape instead of a disc. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, VHS and DVD on November 9th, nineteen ninety nine. They were still doing VHS in nineteen ninety nine. That's just, that's just still wow. Well, you have to remember. Frozen in some countries yeah. was released on VHS. Wow. <laughs> that would be an interesting to get and put a collection. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was later released, uh, re-released on VHS on, and on DVD as part of the Walt Disney Gold Collect, uh, Gold Classic Series on November 7th, 2000. The film was released on a two-movie collection Blu-ray in DVD. Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas on November 4th, 2014. That's all I got. All right. The way we're going to handle this one, ladies and gentlemen, is much like Fantasia, we're going to handle each short separately. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read the summary, and then we'll get into our like one like and one dislike apiece mm-hmm. for each short. So, Donald Duck's Stuck on Christmas. Inspired by the 1892 short story Christmas Every Day by William Dean Howells, mm-hmm. Huey, Dewey, and Louie wake up one Christmas morning and open their presents, even though they're supposed to wait first for Daisy, Uncle Scrooge, and Aunt Gertie to arrive. After the boys take their new sleds from their Uncle Donald, not reading the included card, they go sledding and have Christmas dinner in which Donald yells at them to learn their manners. While Donald, Daisy, Uncle Scrooge, and Aunt Gertie sing carols, the boys play with their new toys. Later, it is time for the boys to go to bed, and having enjoyed the day immensely, the boys then wish for it to be Christmas every day. Their wish is granted, and at first, the three are joyful. After a few days, however, they begin to get tired of Christmas, and soon realize that every day will be exactly the same as the day they made their wish. They then decide to change the course of action of the next day by playing tricks and pranks, including swapping the cooked turkey with a live one for the dinner table. It turns out to be a terrible Christmas for everyone, especially Donald. Shortly after the boys read the card they were given to them earlier by Donald and Daisy, the card wishes them love and explains that Christmas is not about presents. It is also about being with family. The boys feel guilty and decide to make amends by making the next day the best Christmas ever. At the end of the next day, the boys finally realize the true meaning of Christmas and the time loop ends, leading into the day after Christmas. Mm. So my first like, my, my like for this short, I'm going to have to go with the time loop. Okay. This is one of the reasons I also like the movie Groundhog Day, because, mm. and admittedly, there is, this does fall into some of the same traps. Yeah. The first day is generally okay. The second day when they realize the time's repeating, at first they might be confused, but then, you know, they get into like, oh, they, they have all the good times, like, well, the first day was good. Why wouldn't this day even be even better? Yeah. And then the third day happens. And then the fourth day. And then they realize things aren't going to change. Now, unlike Groundhog Day, they catch on a lot quicker and they don't try to kill themselves first. So, so they're smarter than Bill Murray. Well, that doesn't take much. <laughs> and I'm, I am mostly teasing. And I mostly said that for Jacob's benefit. Uh-huh. But, um, well, that and... This had to be a 15-minute short. Yeah. 15 to 30-minute short. That had to be a two-hour movie. Yes. So, yeah, it had to take a little bit longer. Mm. Anyway, um, the fact that they were actually able to use the quote-unquote wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey to their advantage Mm -hmm. in many ways in order to uh, both enhance their own beginning, their own ends in the first times through, and 
the, uh, the last time through when they try to make it best for everybody, uh, I enjoy. And thinking, how are they going to get out of this next one? And honestly, that last bad one where they're pulling pranks on everybody. Yeah. I felt sorry for Donald. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I am not a big fan of Donald. Some of that being based on the fact that he can't heal. (laughs) But that's beside the point. Just hating on Donald. But I actually felt sorry for Donald because he's trying. He tried his best and the boys did everything they could to ruin Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so I very much felt appreciated at the end when they took their sleds mm-hmm. and turned it into a boat for Donald. Oh, yeah. Which promptly crashed. <laughs> um, of course, it's Donald. Yeah, it's Donald. We should not be surprised at this point. No. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what I liked about it. It's like, I love the timey-wimeyness of it. Mm, okay. Uh, my per- first and only like for this short would be the, the lesson in which the boys learn that it's not about the gifts, it's about the heart. It's about what the, the meaning behind the the gift and mm-hmm. i think that's like a lot of children a lot of young adults uh come to at some point that like christmas is like yeah the 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 presents are great and we do take uh a lot of um we we take away more like oh i got this amazing gift but it's not the we don't we don't take the heart we don't take the, the passion what uh, people have done in order to have that done. Mm-hmm. And so growing up with uh, three, two younger brothers and uh, parents who work their absolute butts off, uh, I can definitely appreciate the things in which my parents, uh, some Christmases, it was, it was right. It was awesome beyond belief. And then it was some, it was more like, well, they tried, they tried, they tried. And I know I was, I wasn't as appreciative as I should have been. And uh, I, I now from hindsight, hindsight, it's just like you, you see like the sacrifice they did, the things they mm-hmm. had to do in order to make Christmas the way it happened. And uh, I, I just truly appreciate the, uh, the the level in which they went to of saying that it's about the heart that matters, where mm-hmm. it comes from. And it's not they're like, oh, I, I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the. Uh, the PlayStation 5. Yeah, I didn't get the Scarlet or anything like that. Yeah. I didn't get the new game I wanted. But it's a heart matters, and I think it's a lesson that a lot of people need to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, people our age still do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and younger and older. So just don't appreciate what people give them. Well, I don't want that. It's I mean, it's the heart that matters. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the, uh, the, uh, the intent that matters. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's what I that's what I loved about this short. I loved it. All right. My dislike for this is during the, the dancing during the Christmas carols. Okay. Because I do not know what Aunt Gertie is doing. <laughs> that is true. Or really any of the boys once they are in the last part of it. Yeah. I don't know what any of them are doing. They're waving their hands up and down. Yeah. Strangely, it's like, is this a duck dance i don't know about because <laughs> this just seems awkward and i'd rather you just kind of hug each other side hug each other and just be done with it instead of this weird kind of arm up and down <laughs> fist pump motion it's like i because i don't know what you're doing i got you 
And it's it, and it was just the most awkward. It's probably the most awkward thing in the entire movie, if we're being honest. I got not you. just this one short. One short. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, Gertie's dancing. Gertie's dancing. Um, to we to we wish you a merry Christmas. I got you. Though I do have to say, Alan Young singing is a treasure. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, my dislike, I really don't have a dislike for this one. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's very fun. Uh, the the boys trying to avoid Aunt Gertie's kisses, which is hilarious. They can't escape it. Right. <laughs> which is funny as can be. Uh, also, the turkey lives. The turkey lives. Which is, uh, is strangely disturbing when you realize that turkey they're eating the ham with was their dinner before they've eaten that turkey five times at least yeah (laughs) oh he's digesting they're still digesting him at least once well yeah but if they're eating dinner with him yeah that's just oh that that is that is all (laughs) kinds of gross all kinds of gross that's the timey-wimeyness of it that's true that's true um the fact also, that we, birds eating turkeys. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite. It's kind of cannibalism, <laughs> but it's very, close. It's close. It's very, very close. Uh, the fact that we hear Uncle Donald, not Uncle, but uh, Uncle Scrooge. Yes, like the original voice actor for Uncle Scrooge. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, I was halfway expecting to hear Darkwing Duck show up. Well, Jim I, Cummings was in this somewhere. Yeah, Jim Cummings was in it. Bean wasn't Darkwing. Yeah, I was like, oh. I was, I was. That, that's not a dislike. I was just more like, oh, we don't get any Darkwing yeah. Duck. That would have been funny. Soon. But soon, get a new Darkwing Duck soon. Yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot to talk about that. We'll come back to that later. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there when we get there. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So since we were already talking about stuff involving the Disney afternoon, yes. Why don't we go into the the uh, shorts involving characters we primarily know from? The Disney Afternoon. Yes! A very goofy Christmas. Goofy and Max are mailing out a letter to Santa Claus. However, as soon as they get home, Pete the neighbor tells Max that Santa does not exist. Predicting that he cannot fly around the world in one night, things get worse when Goofy poses as Santa for some kids, and Max finds out that he tricked him. Goofy is determined to prove to Max that Santa does exist, and even stays up all Christmas Eve to keep an eye out for him, while Max, still bitter over Goofy's trickery, wishes for him to move on but after a long time and after mistaking a beagle boy who was robbing pete's house for santa and falling off the roof goofy gives up hope of santa coming now max does everything that goofy did to make his father happy including posing as santa in the end the real santa actually comes and gives max the gift he had asked for earlier as well as blowing some snow on pete's house when the cunning neighbor tries to flatter the legendary figure when Max asks if Santa forgot Goofy's present, Goofy answers that every year he asks for the same thing, and every year he always gets it. Max's happiness. Mm. Oh, this segment of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas chronologically precedes the cartoon series Goof Troop, and Max is, of course, voiced by Sean Fleming. Yes. Which technically means it's also before a Goofy movie. Yes. Because obviously, because Max is much younger. <laughs> yes. So, my first like with this, we get Goof Troop at a yes! young age. 
Goof Troop was one of those where I know I watched it and I know I enjoyed the fool out of it. Yeah. But because it came after Darkwing Duck when it was released, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh yeah, Goof Troop existed. I forgot. Because <laughs> in some ways, I just think of Max from a Goofy movie. I forget that he was in Goof Troop. I I don't know why that is. Well, also the fact be like, I have never watched a Goofy movie, uh, so I know Goof Troop. So. Watching this is like I oh, know okay. why we're doing this next in coming soon. You've not watched a Goofy movie? No, I've never watched a Goofy movie. <laughs> I am so happy. You will like this. Trust me. Oh yeah, you will like this. Okay, I so, know it's a comedy, but I think you're going to get into the groove. Well, it's 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 Goofy comedy, so it's it, it's going to be good. Yes, just just like this short was. It, yeah, that's the thing is that this short and a Goofy movie. Yes. I'm gonna now that I know Goofy movie is definitely on the table soon. Uh, <laughs> they are also within the concept of Goofy. Yes, of, of, of Goof Troop. So yeah. Plus, we get to hear Polly Shore in, Goof, in Goofy movie. Mm. Okay, asking about why everyone wears gloves. <laughs> oh, and then we never saw that character again. Wow. <laughs> okay. He knows too much. <laughs> anyway, yeah. We get back to this specific yeah. thing. Uh, Goof Troop was, like I said, one of those shows I watched as a kid. Even though, because it came out after Darkwing, it's in that part of my mind. It's like, oh yes, this happened too. Um, but I do remember enjoying the show. I, of course, love Goofy Movie. Uh, and it's just nice to see... That's, that's the thing. I can't, I don't, because of the age I grew up mm-hmm. with, I don't think of Goofy as his own character. Okay. Because I always think of him as Max's dad. Yeah. Despite the fact that I know Goofy had a long and storied history before Goof Troop. Yeah. Except a young Max, though he was not called Max, did appear in an old um, Goofy cartoon. Yeah, that's right. From the 50s. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. But Me either, but I, I remember it does, seeing it. Does it. Ha- it, it. I think they just call him Goof Junior or something. Yeah, like it's that. Goof Junior, but it's essentially Max. Yeah, Maximilian. Uh, so yeah, I just like we get more goofy, more, more more of that Goof Troop flavor, even if this is a prequel to Goof Troop. Yeah. Plus, I just like Max as a character. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you on that. Just. Max is like at a that a young age before we get Goof Troop Max mm-hmm. uh, is still that little he's he's starting to grow up and be like he's getting into his teens, but he's still a little kid and so he's floating in between there. Yeah, and that's a fun age. That's a fun age for any like you know just watching children at that age is a very fun, very mm-hmm. fun, 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 fun uh, age. Yes. Um, and he's just as cynical and sarcastic as he is later on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite he's also not. Exactly. Uh, Makes him great. Just, just the, the, his, his characterization is just so much fun. We just uh, don't get any of PJ in this. No, we don't get PJ. Why no PJ? I don't know. Was uh, Pete making him clean the pool during the middle of winter again? Maybe. Because he would. Yeah, that's Pete. <laughs> Stupid cat. <laughs> Do you know when I realized Pete and PJ were cats? Five years ago. No. Yeah. I just thought they were weirdly shaped dogs. Yep. Nope. They're cats. They're cats. It's like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Why did I not notice this before? 
Oh, all right. So going into my like, it was the this is, would sound almost like a dislike, but it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Goofy's depression. Because Goofy is the guy who's tr- always trying. Exactly. Time. Exactly. He wants nothing, but when Goofy wants something, he goes wholeheartedly into. You can see oh, this yeah. in all the Goofy cartoons. Oh yeah. So when he and he's trying to be a good father for Max, oh yeah, you cannot help but love the guy. Oh yeah, because he's doing everything he can, and he pours his heart out into everything. Oh yes, even if what he's doing doesn't make any sense. No, of course not. But he's trying so hard. He is. But that that moment where like even Goofy gives up. Yes, the fact that Goofy. The, the most lovable goofball in the world gives up. He finally gives up on the idea that Sandy's never coming. He's never coming. He gets depressed. I mean, like, mm-hmm. in, in some of the ultras, you saw Goofy depressed or something like that. But but it was n- a comical depression. It was a comical depression. This wasn't comical. No. It was just, like, downright depression. <laughs> it was like, oh, my gosh. This character who everybody loves is down and out. Like, just like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, I was heartbroken. Oh my gosh. Like, I, I was. And then Max comes to the rescue and pulls a Goofy and is just like trying to get Goofy to, you know, liven up. And finally, Santa does show up and then we get Goofy again. <laughs> this preview of our review of the Goofy movie brought to you by. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You just described a Goofy movie in many ways. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I just no, I'm just saying you're gonna repeat yourself in about a month. Okay, just letting you know. <laughs> no spoilers. No, no spoilers <laughs> at all. I, I I know a little bit about the uh, a, goofy the, a goofy movie a little bit. Um, I'll put it this way: one of the very first CDs mm-hmm. I ever owned. Oh. Was the soundtrack to this movie? Wow! I have it back there somewhere, but mm-hmm. I've since gotten the MP3, uh, the Apple, Apple Music version. Yeah, I still know all the songs. Wow! I will be singing along when I rewatch this movie without the subtitles on. It was one of the. If I ha- if I had ever owned this on VHS, it would have been wore out. Wow. Okay, but it wow. wasn't because I never actually got to own this movie. I probably only saw it as a kid three times. So do you now own it? Yes. Okay. I have it on Blu-ray. Thank you, Disney Movie Club, before I dropped you like a hot potato. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So, yeah, mine was the, the, the low point of the film where Goofy gave up. And then Max and Max rose to the occasion where in this movie, like he was discovering that Santee wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And then it was Goofy trying to encourage his son the entire time. But when the time came that Santa would come, Santa hadn't arrived yet. And so now we have a very, like, exceedingly depressed Goofy. Mm-hmm. And something you never see. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, be like, you see it more for comedic effect. Yes. This was just more this like. This is more of a heartbreak. This is heartbreak. And then you have Max being Max. Mm-hmm. Pulls a goofy, yes, and I just I love that. That was so it was so heartwarming and touching that it was one heartbreaking, exceedingly heartbreaking mm-hmm. to see that character do that, to go through that, and then you can see that that joy of 
Max trying to cheer his dad up, yeah. which is just, I, I love that scene. And then Sandy shows up mm-hmm. and just brings everything back to life. So it was good. And be like, also, these have like very interesting uh, social dynamics. Yeah. Each one of them do. Like the first one is more, more upper class, kind of upper class, maybe lower middle, low middle, uh, lower upper class, a little bit. I'd call it upper middle. Upper middle, like yeah. upper middle. You uh, kind of get the you kind of get the feeling that you know the the ducks are they're not well well off, but they're well off enough that they don't really have anything to worry about. Yeah, and then you have Goofy and and they're on the Max. lower middle class. Yeah. I think I would, They're obviously not rich. There's at yeah. least a mother missing, which has yeah. always been the case. Yeah. Um, and they've got stuff, but they don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's more being grateful for everything. Like, right. Like the example from the, the first short. Yes. So, so getting... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just... That was so incredibly moving to watch. I'm watching this work during my break. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. The the depth and emotion you get there. And it there again, it's not the comedic effect. It's round, downright the depression and depression is not fun so if you have depression go talk to somebody do not hold that in yes so um so yes my number one like for our second short was the fact that goofy got depressed and that's a weird one but that's what i loved it goofy is not a character you would think of would be very deep yeah and yet this they allow him to be deep in this oh yeah it's such a character it's just your character break from the uh, the usual norm of, hey, I'm goofy. <laughs> yeah. So, my dislike. Okay. Max's attitude when they're visiting the poor family. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, my word. This is not the Max I know. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I can see Max getting being selfish yeah. and putting his wants in front of everybody else's. Yeah. But he's not the kind of power, and and in many ways, I can understand once he realizes you know, his dad's playing Santa Claus. I yeah. understand that part. Yeah, he's allowed. I, I don't mind him pouting after that learning. Yeah, because now he feels lied to. Yeah, I understand that part. It's before uh, Goofy cause. Yeah, shows up. Yeah, that, that while you're in the past, it's like Max. No, this is not you. You you're not like this. You. <laughs> You would, at the very least, put on a brave face and not say stuff that would be that would make you sound so inconsiderate. You would at least you should be. If this was the Max I know and love, yeah, you would be slowly on your way to learning the lesson at this point in the movie, mm-hmm. only for Goofy to screw it up, which is what happens anyway. True, but you won't even get anywhere near learning the message of this of this short at this point. You're still going. You only got one toy. Don't you want two? Oh. You have so many more. You can ask Santa Claus for everything. Why does Santa only give you one thing when he gives giving me a giant skateboard? And then, instead of allowing the kids to go talk to Goofy Claus first, mm-hmm. I recognize Max is excited. Yeah. Because he was concerned that Santa Claus didn't get his uh, letter in time. Oh, yeah. He should have still allowed the... He's a visitor in the house that should have let the other kids go first. Oh, yeah. Because they obviously would need Chris, m- Christmas stuff more than he would. Exactly. If it was coming from, an, just from his perspective. Oh, yeah. 
But no, he jumps ahead and says, I want the super expensive thing. Yeah. Now, he gets the super expensive thing at the end. I don't really care if he gets it or not. But that's flaunting your wants and desires in front of people who are happy to get a third toy car. Yeah, absolutely. Max, this is not you. And I'm so glad that if this is any part of you, you grew out of it by Goof Troop. (laughs) Very, very true. And definitely by a Goofy movie. Yes. Anywho, your dislike if you got one. My dislike... Oh, that was a good point. That was a very, very good point. Mine would be... Oh, that darn cat. That darn cat. Pete. I knew his name. I was just like, he's a cat. (laughs) I will say that one of the best parts of this, and I have to say it's got to be somewhat of a shout out Mm -hmm. to the Santa Claus. Okay. When uh, they go, oh, look, it's Santa Claus on the roof of Pete's house. And the spotlight goes up there and it's a Beagle Boy. That's the exact opposite. Of what happens in the Santa Claus. Yes. Because <laughs> like, oh, someone's about to break into our house. Oh, no, it's Santa Claus. And yeah. they both still fall off the roof. Yeah. But that was a, that was a brilliant spot. Sorry, I yes. interrupted. No, no, Continue. no, no. It was what? The, talk about how horrible a pert cat Pete is. Pete, just be like Pete being Pete. Because I'd be like, I, I grew up watching Goofy for, for the most part. Like, like you, I was more interested in Darkwing Duck mm-hmm. than anything else. Um so the fact that Pete is this very unloving character that it's like oh he always I'm, is he always is but it was more like wait you're 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 spoiling you're you're ruining a childhood just because you want to spite somebody yeah <laughs> like you inconsiderate furball <laughs> now I will say this Pete ironically yeah gets a little bit of a uh, sympathy note okay. in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Since he's Maleficent's second in command. Yeah, his Gargoon. Gargoon, yes. And it is funny seeing him having to grovel to Maleficent. Oh, <laughs> uh, just... I, 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 I completely understand that this is Pete's character. This is how this character acts. <laughs> But to spoil Christmas, well, he doesn't, but he more plants the seed of doubt in, you know, poor Max's head that, you know, there is no Santa Claus. And it's just more like when I was a kid growing up, I learned there was no Santa Claus when I went into the living room to go get a drink from the kitchen and seeing my father putting Christmas, uh, Christmas, uh, uh, presents, presents out. You know, like, so, assembling things is like, and that's where I learned. You know, I am so glad that the person who broke the Santa Claus rule was not me. Mm. Okay. I was trying not to ever mention if Santa Claus was real or not on the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> not because I think it's controversial, since I didn't want to break any kid's heart. I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> but I'm not editing it out. You broke the rule, we're moving on. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, adults, know. you'll have to deal with the kids yourself. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's all Jacob's fault. Yeah, you can blame me. Silly doggy. <laughs> exactly. At least I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, hey, as a cat person, Pete is not a cat. <laughs> okay. He is a mangy feline. 
Okay, I got you. So he's he's a not a cat. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, there's a difference. Yes, there, there's definitely a, a difference. Uh, so yeah, it, it's Pete spoiling something that a child should learn naturally, and not be yeah a, a, a seed a, a seed of doubt being poised in his head. <laughs> of course, we do realize by the end of this that Pete was completely full of himself because Santa Claus did actually show up. Yeah, so Santa Claus... So, yeah. Santa Claus is real. Yes. 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 <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Did you, did you get finished with your dislike? Yes. Or, or, that, okay. that, that mangy... That mangy feline. That mangy feline. All right. Jumping into the last segment. Short. Whatever you want to call it. Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi which is based on the 1905 short story The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. Mickey wants to get Minnie a gold chain for her one heirloom, her watch. Mm. So he works at Crazy Pete's Tree Lot. Minnie wants to give Mickey something special for Christmas as well, so she works hard at her job in a department store to get a special bonus. When Mickey gives a short tree to a poor family who are unable to buy a Pete's 10-footer tree, his uptight and greedy boss Pete steals all of Mickey's money and dismisses him from the store. Then, Pete accidentally puts his still-lit cigar into his pocket with Mickey's money without noticing, which eventually sets himself, the money, and his trees on fire, destroying his chance to sell his expensive ten-footers. And if that had been the entire short, I would be in good shape. (laughs) But, meanwhile, Minnie's bonus bonus from her stingy boss, Mortimer Mouse, proves to be nothing but a fruitcake. A la Christmas vacation. After playing music... For a toy drive with the Firehouse Five, Mickey has the idea that he can trade his harmonica for the chain. The shop closes by the time he gets there, and the owner rejects it, thinking it's not worth anything, but changes his mind after hearing its music. Back at Minnie's house, Mickey gives her the chain for her watch, and Minnie gives him a case for his harmonica. Of course, the irony is that Minnie no longer has her watch, just as Mickey no longer has his harmonica. So the gifts are essentially useless. As in the gift of the Magi, upon which this, this adaptation, penned by Henry, is based, the thought behind each gift is what counts. The entire film in- concludes with a medley of various songs, Jingle Bells, Deck the Halls, and We Wish You a Merry Christmas, featuring the main characters from the three segments. And I would also like to point out that it actually starts with a bunch of uh, Christmas carols. Yes, it does. All of which are based on the Christian side of Christmas, I noticed. True. Which I don't think they thought about. Probably time. not. Probably not. But I'm just pointing that out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. My first like about the gift of the mad guy. Yeah. Is Pete's lot going up in flames. <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing. Pete is always the lovable oaf. Yes. And he had to play the villain in this because quite frankly... They both had to face, both Mickey and Minnie had to face their quote-unquote villainous counterparts. Yes. Pete's is Mickey's from way back in uh, the original uh, Mickey Mouse cartoon, Steamboat Willie. Yes. And Mortimer Mouse was always uh, Minnie Mouse's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stalker? Yeah. For lack of a better term? Yeah, stalker. Uh, So him being the... uh, uh, her villain that she would have to put up with also makes sense. Also, as I said earlier, the fact that Daisy has a different voice actress in this cut is weird. Um, but while 
um, Pete is still the lovable oaf in this. He he goes quite a f- step too far. Yeah, he's for forgiveness, and you really just do not like what he does in this. And that's in, that's intentional because it's got to give Mickey a reason not to be able to actually be able to you know pay for his gift. Mm-hmm. So it's fl- it's hilarious to see that before Mickey can get very far that Pete has hoisted himself upon his own petard and burnt his and burnt everything to the ground including the money he stole from Mickey. Hubris is wonderful, including isn't it? Including his glorious 10-foot Christmas trees <laughs> or as it calls it 10-footers. Literally that's how they even they even categorize that section. 10-footers. <laughs> and of course I'm still thinking Okay, when does this short take place? About the 50s. The 50s. Who had a 12-foot ceiling in the 50s? <laughs> and they were like 100 bucks, and that was yeah. like a lot of money in the 50s. He, sh- he should have had five total of those and sold them to the rich ones. Yeah. Not, oh, we got to get this tree. We don't need a big one. We only got a small house. No, we're going to sell you a 10-footer. <laughs> Pete is downright detestable in this in the way he should be. Oh, yeah. Because this is that's, that's the thing when you compare this Pete to the Pete in A uh, Very Goofy Christmas. Yeah. They are different Pete's. Yeah. They're the same character, but they're very different Pete's because that's Goof Troop's Pete where he's yeah. just an annoyance that makes life harder for Goofy and Max. Yeah. This is Steamboat Willie Pete. Oh, yeah. Who is a who is evil and should be and should be uh, taught many lessons. <laughs> Well, Usually this one, with he, fire. Yeah, with this one, he he learned the very valuable lesson of hubris. Exactly. <laughs> and, so yeah, oh, good night. Yeah, seeing seeing because that's the, the other thing. Because Pete's tree lot catches on fire, mm-hmm. Mickey has a chance to at least try to earn some money mm-hmm. with at when the fire people at the fire people uh, firemen's uh, charity auction. He doesn't earn money, but at least do some good. Yeah. At the charity auction, when the band isn't there to play because they're all trying to put out Pete's fire. <laughs> so he's at least oh. able to get the charity going. He's allowed to be and allowed to do that one thing. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a double edged sword. It, it gives Mickey the excuse to play want to have one last good time with his harmonica. Mm-hmm. And it also lets Pete learn a valuable lesson about, you know, not stealing. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I do want to point out one thing when you when in this when you're like the animation of where Pete throws Goofy and not Goofy but uh, Mickey Mickey and Pluto out. Mm-hmm. The fact that like, the animation is so it's just I love how the animation is where Pete literally like he's just like he's just his his waddle like his walk is so incredible. Like he he walks like a very large cat, <laughs> yeah. And so the fact that he like he sticks the money and his cigar in his back pocket at the same, same time. time, and you're sitting there going, "That's not going to be good." No, it's not. But it's beautiful. It's beautifully but, but animated. The thing is, when I saw that and I saw him do this, like, uh, okay, I assume okay that what's the what's going to happen there is going to happen off screen, and we're not going to get to see that. Uh huh. And I keep expecting the screen to shift to Mickey walking despondently down the street while we hear fire engines in the distance is my mm-hmm. assumption. No. But no, that's not what we immediately get. What we immediately get is 
the fire catching on at his obviously very dry <laughs> Christmas tree <laughs> lot. Because I have a feeling those Christmas trees have not been watered. No, I'm pretty sure. That would be that would take money. Yeah. And that's not something he's going to do. No, he's cheap. Exactly. <laughs> he's a cheap so cat. those things went up like a Roman pile candle. of sticks. Because <laughs> that's all they were at that point. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was such a great scene. Such a great scene. Okay. Your first like. My first like. Or your like. I should My say. like for this particular segment would be... The the very poignant moment where both Mickey and Minnie are are giving their gifts and what they had to sacrifice in order to get the gift. Mm-hmm. I, I it was like so. Be like as an audience member, you knew what happened. Oh yeah, you, you didn't know what Minnie did. You knew what Mickey did. Well, I mean, here's the thing: if you've ever heard the story of the gift of the Maga. Yeah. Even if you've only heard a brief description, you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Mickey and Minnie were going to give up the thing that the other one was going to buy them a, a Oh yeah. Uh, an accessory to so that the gifts are going to be utterly useless. Yeah. And at least we didn't have to see Minnie bald in this. Yeah. Okay. Because in the original one, uh, the guy is buying a hair clip for his girlfriend uh, okay. wife yeah. and she shaves her head mm. to sell the hair for a, to a wig maker yeah so that she can buy whatever his gift was yeah whatever what it is so at least we don't have to get bald mini okay well one thing I n- i've never you know ever read the, the gift of the magi uh or magi i i think i pronounce i'm pronouncing it magi because that's apparently how my parents pastor pronounces it. oh okay he was talking about the three wise men last uh, yeah, earlier. <laughs> yeah, I remember you talking about that. So, like, I'd be like, yeah, I, I saw it coming from a mile away. Oh, yeah. And this is like, man, just like the, the sacrifices these two characters make in order to not make to a make their uh, their boyfriend or girlfriend uh, happy. But at the same time, the the willingness they're willing to sacrifice their most beloved treasure in order to obtain that, mm-hmm. and ultimately to almost cancel them out because of the, the their willingness to sacrifice there again their most beloved treasure, Mickey with his harmonica, harmonica, and her with her her watch, her watch. Of course, well, I would like to point out that she's not going to be living in that house much longer. Yeah. You saw those bills. Oh, yeah. She probably can't pay them. No. She's going to be out on the street with Mickey one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Next year. Yeah, at least. Oh, gosh. But uh, Sorry, that's the thing. I, I saw those weird things I always notice. Yeah, I did it's too. Like, uh, this is going to be bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> and not just because it's Gift of the Magi. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So, yeah, mine is the... the, the um, the loving sacrifice these two characters mm-hmm. uh, do in order to give their respected uh, uh, love the 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 gift they yes. deserve, and it's just, it was touching. All right, so what is your my dislike for this? Is the fact that it's gift of the magi? <laughs> I hate this story. It's my least favorite Christmas story. Oh, wow. Okay. So when I saw this was what was coming up, I thought, oh, great. This story. <laughs> I hate it. 
and let's face it, the core of this story, I still hate. What I enjoyed about this short was everything that they did on top of it. Yeah. So they did a good job of making it entertaining, even for those of us who hate the story. Yeah. It's, it's just, you can see it coming from a mile away. It seems like it's a stupid decision. Either yeah. one of them could have made. They could have found another way to do it. It's short of theft. Uh, they could have just said, well, I tried to get you a gift, Minnie, but I couldn't afford one. And mm. she says, that's okay, Mickey. I couldn't find a gift for you either because I couldn't afford one. All that matters is that we spend together yeah. on Christmas as a fa- as a couple because we love each other. Mm-hmm. And that's all it has to be. The fact that oh, I sold my my uh, my watch to buy you a harmonica case. Oh, I bought a har- I sold my harmonica to buy you a chain for your watch. Well, boo! Christmas in some way is going to be ruined because I'm sorry. I don't care how much you love each other. Yeah. There's a part of you going. Well, there's a part of you thinking. Well, I could have handled that better. Yeah, just a little bit. We should have thought this through a little more. <laughs> that just did not go off the way any of us had planned. Right. It's sad and all, but still, at least with this version, mm-hmm. they weren't sold to the same man. Okay. <laughs> because in the original story, yeah. the Magi mm-hmm. is the person who buys the gifts from the, other, the, the, the selling items okay. and sells them the gifts. Okay. That's why it's called the Gift of the Magi. Okay. And it's like, so this guy profits and does nothing good happens from it. It's like, at least we didn't get that guy. I mean, at least get a guy who sells Mickey and we assume perhaps that Minnie could have gone to that same store and bought yeah. the thing. But we're not shown that. So it's not like we get this guy's like, well, why aren't you a turd? Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> the only turd thing we have to deal with is Pete. And that's just fun. <laughs> Oh. Now, if Pete was playing the Magi... Oh, yeah, we would be that like... That would have been cool. <laughs> yes. But I'm great. happy to just see Pete's property just bur- burst into flames. That's hilarious. <laughs> it makes me sound like a horrible person I recognize. But still, that was a fun scene. Yes, th- there's a part of me I really want to make a, a joke, but it's really not... So let's not go yeah, there. Yeah, let's not go there. Uh, it, so it's, yeah, it's, I just, it's, it's making fun of a, another state that has a yes. tendency of burning. But let's just, let's just say that... Yeah, I know which state you're talking about. Um, let's just say that Gift of the Magi, not being my favorite Christmas story, is what brings this particular tale down for me. Simply because I just don't like the the original tale, and this is an ad- adaptation of it. Okay. So, you know, the fact that it was able to do what it did and make me like it is, mm. I say, props for Yeah. But, you know, I just don't like this story, so I just don't like it. Okay. So I understand it. Your dislike. Okay, my dislike on this one is... Okay, so... Minnie is living in this very small house. Mm-hmm. And she can't pay her bills. Or her... her She has overdue bills, and apparently she's going to get evicted. Yeah. At some point. And a scene that makes no sense to me is, okay, she's living in this very small house. It what looks like a... Victorian styled neighborhood mm-hmm. of all these massive homes just side by side by side by side. And Are you wh- saying she could have sold the house? No, I'm not saying it makes no she sense. She could have sold the house. She could have sold the house if she owned the house. 
I, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Be like, she might be renting the house, but the location. But like, yeah, I understand. You want to make put it in a nice neighborhood, but why is she living in a very small house next to all these nice Victorian homes? That's the one that I never understood. I was like, I would understand if Mickey is living with like Daisy or something like that in this you know big townhouse, and they're all you know splitting bills or what have you. In the same house. They're splitting the bills for the house. Why would Mickey and Daisy be living together? I don't know. Not Minnie and Daisy? Minnie, that I could follow. Dyslexia, excuse me. I'm sorry, I, just, I heard that. Why would they be roommates? Daisy and Minnie. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I'm dyslexic. I was not implying anything. It was just dyslexia. <laughs> Anywho. So my thought was that it's just, it didn't make any, it didn't make one geographical sense. Two, it didn't make any logical sense. That Minnie Mouse would be living in a very small house in the middle of a Victorian style neighborhood. And it's just it like I understand if she's by living in a like a smaller subdivision, a smaller city block, or she's living in a like a townhouse or something like that, you know, apartment style building or what have you. But no, she's living in a small little house in the middle of what looks like a very rich neighborhood. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, okay, logistics. What's going on here? So I was just like. Huh? So yeah, that that is my that is my dislike of the the odd locationing of Minnie's little little house that yeah. shouldn't be in a Victorian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that brings us to the end of uh, our review, which yeah. means we need to give an overall rating for the entire collection. Yes, I'm giving this eight. Okay, it's a fun one. It's not I favorite uh christmas special yeah but i mean it's a fun little show i mean mm-hmm. it's got three great cartoons to go along with it these would work that good even by themselves yeah without being connected and in some ways i kind of wish that's what they were yeah uh but all together as a collection they're good i enjoyed them okay so yeah eight okay uh i also give it an eight it has one storytelling is very well done. Characters amazing. Animation is good. The third one logistically was kind of a headache, but overall, it's an incredible story. It's an incredible. I can't believe I never watched this. You know, growing up. Now, granted, this was, came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. I was already in high school, and uh, we were watching the Santa Claus yeah. for Christmas and Die Hard and what have you. Uh, so this was never on our radar. Uh, but overall, it was it's a thoroughly enjoyable uh, story that is heartfelt, very loving, very uh, showing a, a side from a secular viewpoint of Christmas. Yes. What the point of this 
of the season is from a secular viewpoint. Yes. So, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Cellcast. Uh, I don't know what I was about to say. Because mm-hmm. usually at this point it transfers into the pre-recorded outro, which we are going to have to re-record at some point. Mm. But not tonight. Okay. So, uh, join us uh, next week for the second half of our Prep and Landing duology. Prep and Landing, Naughty versus Nice. Join us then. Yep. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? The same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page, on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher, our RSS feed. If we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.